I'm ready. I'm ready. 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 Andrew's got more energy than me. I have so much energy. I'm, I'm really ready looking to go. forward to this one. You don't want to stand close to me at this point. <laughs> I found a ring in there last night. Welcome back, folks. This is Origins and Adaptations. My name is Cody. My name is Andrew. we got a great episode for y'all today. We have one of our classic top fives coming up. This is true. And I just took a video. Uh, no, it didn't record. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Why I'm... didn't you take a photo? I thought you were taking a photo. I was doing a... I don't know. I was posing for a photo. Wait, let me see. Let me see. I'm just going to oh. keep this here. <laughs> I don't anymore, Cody. So, uh, we have a great episode Not for important, you guys. not important. No, we have a good no, episode. No, 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 no. We've got some stuff. Very little news today, but we yeah. have... I think a topic that mega, will astound... Mega content on the way. I think the topic will speak to the heart. Ooh, some and, romance? Uh, that's all it is. A is summer the, romance. Uh, yes. Sum- yes, as the warm weather approaches... Uh. Honestly, we can should do a podcast outside Can we call this episode sometime. Summer Romance? <laughs> With just the natural Outdoor sounds. podcast. Of, of like your Outdoor. back, the road behind your house. Is just right next to a construction <laughs> site. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hear that drilling? It's the natural sounds <laughs> of Richfield, Washington. <laughs> of the up and coming Richfield. <laughs> uh, well, uh, how are you doing, Cody? I'm swell today. I finished a book. Well, not a book, but I finished a trade. Dude, I'm so A excited. trade that's been on the back burner for two years, people. <laughs> a long time. I've, n- I've not finished this trade that I've owned for two years, and we'll get to it at the end. And Yeah. Pretty Your, br- your brother is going to be just sitting there going, hmm, hmm. rolling his eyes, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Nice job, Cody. <laughs> you finally, you finally, <laughs> finally, you did. finally committed you fi- and did something. Did something. Yep. Did something good. <laughs> kid. Good job, kid. So, uh, Andrew, yeah. Oh, what were you going to start us what off with? Was that's, your all question. I was going, that's all I was going to say. What were you going to start us off with? Well, Cody, mm. there is a character mm. in comics mm-hmm. who is as bright as the moon and as brave as a knight, which is why his name is Moon Knight. Uh, and <laughs> he will be in the uh, he will be in the MCU. Uh, I don't know in what form. I'm guessing he's going to be in a movie somehow. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a Netflix show. I don't think it's going to be an ABC show. Kevin Feige says... Soap opera. Yes. The very first. (laughs) Actually, that would be really fitting for his character. Or as they call it at nighttime, CW. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Uh... No, so he will be coming to the MCU in some form. He's like Batman if Batman had multiple personalities. And so, yeah. Interesting. Nice. That and, sounds cool. And if one of those personalities was an Egyptian god. That sounds kind of dope. Yeah. He's a really nice. cool character, really interesting. He has a lot of uh, fun stories that can be told. And it would be cool to see. It would be a weird movie. I think it would be the first like psychological thriller 
if they if they did it. Which yeah, would, which could be pretty cool. I've heard that name thrown around a lot. Yeah, I don't Moon. I don't know. Do you read his stuff actively? At I've all? read an issue here and there. The first time I ever heard of him, which this is going to sound very noobish of me, uh, being as much as I you're read excused comics. with all your uh, all, all your reading. Uh, most of the Marvel characters that I got introduced to was through Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the video game. Mm. And I kind of feel lame for saying that, but to be honest, I was like 13 when that game came out. And so Moon Knight, Black Panther, uh, I already knew Daredevil and Elektra, but they were like kind of newish characters. Um, Luke Cage was a character that I really didn't get into until that. Um, but yeah, those characters and Deadpool. Deadpool I actually found out through uh, Ultimate Alliance. Really fun game. Everyone should go play it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, but I I've read a couple of issues here and there with it. But he has a dope costume. Cool. Yeah. Uh, then next on the list is. Actually, the biggest announcement that we have this week, which is the DC Universe has been announced, which is the streaming platform for all things DC. So we don't know if that's going to be comics that you're going to be able to stream, uh, but it is going to be their exclusive TV shows. So the Teen Titans show Mm -hmm. is only on this network. And there was an announcement that Swamp Thing will also be on this Um and it's going to be, oh, who's producing it? I think uh, the guy who did James Wan, I think that's his name. He did one of the, he did Fast and Furious 7, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he also did, he's doing Aquaman, and he's he did uh, the... Conjuring series and the Insidious series. So a live action interpretation of Swamp Thing. Yes, and he's that, producing. We haven't it, so had that in ages, and as no. as far as I remember, the old ones haven't been. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to step on any toes for people who really love those movies. But as far as I have been told and can remember those movies didn't age well (laughs) i don't really remember how they looked i remember Mm -hmm. seeing them as a kid on tv and kind of being like oh that looks kind of creepy and cool but i'm sure they haven't aged that fantastic so i'm interested i'm intrigued by a new interpretation of swamp thing yeah and and you've been reading alan moore's swamp thing which is a classic Mm -hmm. it's a staple yeah i would say his swamp thing is probably more important than the creator's Really? Like the original run, yeah. Because their run only lasted like 16 issues. Oh, wow. And then and then he started... What year was that character invented then? Because Alan Moore was uh, 80s, right? Yeah, this was the first ish, the first trade that I have. I think it's And you like, have two trades. I have three. Um, I finished two. I, I'm still reading the third one. It's uh, in my room. I've only seen two of your trades, so mm. I just... I it's count, hidden I, I deep count, within my lavender. I counted the two and stopped. Yes, I have a huge pile that sits in a corner, dark corner, until the light. You should see his pile, kids. It's it's. I mean, go on Facebook. The tallest stack around. If you go on Facebook. It's right there. Giant, giant pile. I've already gotten through like an eighth of it. 
That's impressive. An yeah. eighth. Hey, that's, I mean, well, that's no, like four trades. No, it is. Yeah, no, an eighth. An eighth for you is about three or four trades. Yeah. Uh, what I am curious about is they've released the images of Robin for Teen Titans, and it looks good. I like his suit. And really? Released, Can you bring it up right now? And they've released Hawk and Dove, and their suits look dope. What doesn't look good is this. It's set images, so I know like there's going to be more that we haven't seen. But they they released an ish, an image of um, Beast Boy, who's uh, Garth, and Raven and Starfire, and they're bad. Like Beast Boy just has green hair. That's it. Huh. And then Raven looks like. She's been in a cave, and it's not even like a healthy goth girl. It's like a you've been doing drugs look. Oh, really? Yeah. And then Starfire just they looks gave her like, kind of a Guns and Roses look. Starfire looks <laughs> like a certain like nighttime woman, uh, from like the eighties. Mm. It's pretty bad. But let me pull this up for you, Robin Teen Titans show. Yeah, so that I have mixed feelings about the show. It could be good, but it also could be pretty bad. There you go. That looks pretty good. That Robin. Yeah. yeah. That looks pretty awesome. Here's a. I think a. There's a better shot. Yeah. Yeah. And this and this is how as it would look, not just like a what like a a rough idea. This, this yeah. This no, is, that's that's his costume on set. Cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. And the uh the hair and the domino mask are yeah. right as they need to be. Yes. Yes. Nice. They are. Yes, they are. Uh Robin, I feel his his look is so easy to F up. I, I feel It's weird. Because it well it, I you know, it shouldn't be. But people no. try and give him new haircuts, they try and change his mask too much, they try and screw with the suit. It's like I don't know. Ever since that classic um, Tim Drake suit. I'm like, I mean, if you want to modernize it in little yeah. ways, sure, but they just try and screw with too many things with Robin. I like mm-hmm. it. Just keep it, keep it. I classic. do like, I do like Damien's outfit. Damien's outfit's sweet with the the hood. Yeah, I mean, it makes Damien Damien. Yes, it separates him. Yeah. Uh, and have we had a discussion about the uh, Red Robin suit? Tim's. Yeah, when he went to be Red Robin. Do you not like it? It's okay. I like it. It's cool. I think what. Is nice as it separated him. It yeah, I guess Tim Drake's costume was very similar to Jason's. I think there were a few minor differences, but it does, uh, it does look a little better. Yeah. Well, I think it it just helps because when Dick became Nightwing, like his suit changed entirely. Yeah, uh, it took years before it would become as excellent as it is oh today. Oh my gosh, the, it was the original pretty ridiculous. Suit, the original suit with the deep cut V. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's. So I'm trying great. to think about. I'm I'm trying to think of a real life person that that reminds me of that suit, the deep cut V with the pot with a collar pop. You know, you know every what he looks like? hair he, rock no, band. He, well, no, he looks like a combination between a circus performer, which is fine because he, he is, and Elvis, which makes sense because Elvis, Elvis Presley. Was, Elvis was the hottest man around. 
It's just and Dick Grayson is it the does, It man. does remind me because Elvis had the the unbuttoned mm-hmm. jump, oh, no, no, no. jumpsuit. It definitely with the looks collar like pops, yeah, so it yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. But a ma- but with that gaudy blue and gold yeah. together, yeah. It's it's a it's something, it's something. It's a blast. It's, a, it's mullet, a trip. It's a blast his, from the past. And then add his mullet hair, because <laughs> that's when he had that. You had that on the back of your on, on your phone background forever. For the a long old time. Nightwing, where he looks about a hundred. Yeah. Only black hair. Yeah. How old? He's supposed to be in his twenties, and they give him early twenties. So, yeah, and they give him all these face lines yeah. and like deep indentations. It's and so he, weird. He looks aged. It's funny. Oh my gosh. And the dimensions of the hair are off from the face. Let's just say. <laughs> He's a gorgeous man, and that image does not make him look gorgeous, and it's one of my favorite images of Dick Grayson. Well, moving on, Sentry is coming back after, I think Sentry hasn't been in the Marvel Universe since Siege. I want to say, when he died in Siege, at the end of Siege. Oh, has it really been that long? <sighs> he hasn't been a thing for a while. Well, you've kept up way more with Marvel than I have in the past five years. Yeah, I haven't. Like, they kind of switched him out for Hyperion. Who is okay. a... Who is a... He's supposed I to... I loved his role in Siege. Well, Hyperion is the Greek god of the sun. He's a titan, actually. He's not, He's not a like, one of the original Greek gods. He's, mm-hmm. he's like Kronos' brother, I think. And, uh, so he's in the DC universe. I think they have Hyperion on lockdown. And so Marvel created their own Hyperion, who is it? He's kind of like Superman from a different universe where he, he's powered by the sun, like Hyperion. Like Hyperion would be. Yeah, you, uh, you mentioned Hyperion to me. Yeah, before, he was in my. But I didn't really think of him as being Sentry's replacement. But he, I guess that kind of like, makes sense. When he when Sentry went away, because Sentry's like super powerful. I mean, he re- well, he was described as having the power of a thousand exploding suns. Yeah, or is it ten thousand? I can't remember. But it was a couple thousands yeah. of exploding suns was his power and level. It's, he has like a, it was over nine thousand. I know that. Yeah. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> uh, he. It pretty much became like it over, overtook him, right? Like he became engulfed in the power, and then he essentially had to be killed at the end of siege, or he was going to kill everyone. Well, yeah, he was just a madman. Yeah, ripped he Ares was in too half. much. He what's up? Ripped Ares in half. Yeah, which is honestly, and I'm not a fan of gratuitous gore, which is ironic because I like things that so many things that have it. You know, in it. Yeah. But uh, I really love that moment in Siege. It's one of the most iconic moments I think in comic books of the past probably fifteen years for yeah. for me. It just sticks out. I'll never forget turning the page and seeing what the hell. <laughs> yeah, it's that's so it's brutal. brutal. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But it's gorgeous. But you never. You, gorgeous. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Boy, you're gorgeous. You just never forget that though. Yeah. Uh, next is Extermination is the new X-Men crossover arc. Uh, so apparently comics are doing this thing. Marvel is trying this out. I'm not a fan where they do post credit comic book scenes. It's just like, are we trying to imitate the films and the comics now? So they hinted at this new crossover arc, which is going to include all the different 
books. I think there's X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, and Astonishing X-Men, I want to say. And, or Uncanny, one of the two. Uh, it's going to include all of them, and it's 20 years in the future, I think, and it's the extinction of all mutants, which I feel like we've gone over multiple times, but they want to retread stuff and not come up with their own ideas, so they're just going to do that. Uh, how, how would a post credit scene be exciting for comics? I don't know. I have no clue. I really don't. Like, <laughs> it's just more comic. Just, like, include just that. It. Include that in the epilogue. Yeah. And, yeah. we'd be, and we'd be all right. That's what... Ain't nobody that's got what, time okay. for that. Here's the thing. That's what an epilogue is. An epilogue is a post-credit scene. Like... You're just cutting out yeah. the crap in between. Yeah. Whereas in a movie, you have to scroll all that. Yes. Like, because they have to show what everyone did. Yeah, you can't just fast forward. I don't know. In a movie. It's a, little, it's a little just like... It's just Con- weird. It's convoluted. It's they're trying yeah. to be too different. Yeah, just Tri- say epilogue, put it in there, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be like at the end of the book, just like it's just unnecessary. Just like a book, just have the author have write his own little thing, and it's like oh about the author, and then the next page is like oh here's what's going to happen in the next story. And you know like, what? Like I, what? I just want to throw this out there. Is anyone else just actually kind of getting tired of post credit scenes for movies? Uh, not I, with Marvel because it's. I kind of the, do. They're the standard. Yeah, and but so, I kind of get a little meh, waiting I, around every time. I I enjoy it. Well, first of all, I like sitting through it so I can respect the people who made the movie. Um, but uh, so now I'm not as good as you. Uh, it's true. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's. I would only expect it from Marvel. And uh, it's annoying when other like studios have now started doing it. Um because they're the ones that started it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like their thing. Do you feel like it's kind of like when other guitarists in the 80s started tapping on the fretboard like Eddie Van Halen? Yeah. 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 I really yeah. do. I really do think it's like that and uh, they should have just not and <laughs> should've it should have just, just stayed with him, right? Yeah, Slash felt the same way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so Post-credit comic book scenes, kind of a weird idea. It is. Doesn't really, because there's no real new draw. No. You're just drawing out the epilogue. Yeah. That's all That's all you'd be doing. It's weird. You're elongating it. They're or, trying or to, postponing it. They're trying to come up with new things, which they need to stop. What else do we have there? Uh, and then last is TJ Miller won't be in X-Force. Which is going to be the TJ next, the Vanilla Miller. Oh, uh, which is going to be the next movie after Deadpool Two, uh, as we see in Deadpool Two, pretty much all the founding members of the X Force are in it, uh, and so it's just natural that the next one will be X Force. Um, Ryan Reynolds com- has come out and confirmed Cable. that he's he's not going to be in it. Cable. And there's a reason TJ Miller is not going to be in it, and it's because he has been arrested uh, for um, calling in a bomb threat. What yeah. the heck is going on here? He has committed a felony. Yeah, he has been arrested. Bomb threat? Bomb threat. Drugs? So the only other bomb threat I know of from a public figure, mm-hmm. I won't say celebrity because they're not a celebrity, but uh, the bass player from Coheed and Cambria was arrested for 
threatening to blow up a pharmacy okay. f- to give them opiates, basically, to give, okay. to, to give him drugs. He was mm-hmm. threatening mm-hmm. them with a bomb in order for them to give him what yeah. he wanted. So, Interesting. Well, that was probably, that's one word for it, yeah. That was probably before all the bomb scares. Though, he's right? still a better bass player than their current oh one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's terrible. I like Zach Cooper, but yeah, Mike but Todd, you have my heart. he's not a better person. Yep. Uh, no, so he did that. Um, people have theories about it that it might have not been drugs. He got in an accident when he was actually doing, um, what's the movie? The Bear. Yogi? Yogi uh, Bear. Hmm. Uh, he was doing the voiceover for it, and he actually got in a really bad, um, he had like really bad health problems, and it actually messed with his brain. So it might not be drugs, it might just be he's mentally unstable. Um, which well, he, that's, that's which, a which he has actually... Bad deal. Yeah, he's actually um, admitted it. Like, he talked about it openly. That that's what happened, and it's why his, it's why just like out of nowhere he just like flips out, uh, and he's like crazy. But so thoughts that's too bad. Thoughts his way mentally, but you don't do that. You don't call bomb threats. Uh, and I don't follow uh, Silicon Valley, but he he's off that show too, huh? He is off the show. Yeah, is that a bummer to you? Uh, I never finished season two because the sh- the first season of the show was incredible. I really enjoyed it, and. The show never moved on from what it was. Like, they would do small step, like, progress, but it always was, hey, look how terrible this person's life is, and it's never going to get better no matter how much he tries. He's going to, he's going to make, he's going to fail every single time. And I think it was funny for the first season. I think it actually should have been a one season season show. Uh, It could have been awesome just like ended it with him being successful or him having him fail miserably but they just keep doing it over and over and over and over again and it just becomes awkward and cringy where it's not even funny anymore and you stop caring yeah so i didn't even finish season two because i i didn't care to finish it well the few episodes that i did see i thought were hilarious yes the The comedy the comedy writing was was brilliant the show is hilarious like i i really Enjoyed it. I think and the well, classic Martin Starr moments. Yeah. Oh, Martin Starr has one of the best lines in the whole show. So it's kind of bad, but uh, they're in like a high tech, like tech company, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of monitors, and the Indian guy, <laughs> or that was racist of me. He's Pakistani, actually. He that's a whole thing in the show. Uh, he's Pakistani. He he like walks in and he like goes in front of the screens, he's like, oh my gosh, it's like Minority Report. Uh, and Martin Starr goes, when in reality, it's just Minority. Because he's Pakistani. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, You're not racist. That line is. No, it was no. <laughs> for me calling him Indian. Oh. But when he's Pakistani. That's just racially, that's just being racially ignorant. Yeah, which I... I'm trying to you know what be. though, and I want to sh- I want to shed some light on this. There's yeah. nothing wrong with momentarily getting something like that wrong. Yeah, as long as you, you admit that you did it. Yeah, yeah. There's I would agree. There are too many places I mean, I in the pat world. Myself on the back here. There are too many places in this world to just never make any mistakes. Oh, 
I know everything about yeah. everyone and where they all come from. Well, my goal is to never make To mistakes. assume that would be ignorant. To be ignorant of that would be ignorant. Now you're just being silly. <sighs> yeah. Bliss? Does that make sense, though? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad you're coming with me on that one. Yeah, I'm always with you, though. <laughs> I have a feeling there's people listening who I've lost. We've all lost. We're way <laughs> past that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, why? They're like, like, this started talking God, about... Cody! <laughs> they're like they were talking about X Force. Why are they now talking about ignorance? Racial yeah. ignorance. Yeah. Okay. So that is it for news. Not that much. I scoured for a long time trying to find a lot of good stuff. Um, the Venom trailer came out like three weeks ago. It's bad. Looks like crap. Uh, I know some people are trying to tell me otherwise. I think the people suit... are trying to tell you otherwise. Yeah. Who? Um, is it James? Well, no, 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 no. I haven't talked to him okay. about it. No, I know a lot of people who think that the suit looks cool and that some other like details in the trailer look cool. It's the symbiotes for me. Ugh. But I want to stab you. Also, me? Yeah. Me? For just saying that. What? Why? Would I you? didn't write <laughs> it into the trailer. Why would you say it? Why would you say that? We've Ugh. we've discussed it. Ugh, it just hurts. Jeez, uh, and I think I'm sensitive. Yeah, I, we're all sensitive. Um, no, uh, gosh, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but Kevin told me that he liked the suit. Yeah, and, I like the suit, and I I think he said he liked something else too. And he, oh, he he just said, in the words of Kevin, he's like Tom Hardy's pretty DHV. He's not though. <laughs> he's not in this. In the trailer, he's not. He's the smallest dude in the world. He he looks smaller. Than everyone he everyone he goes up against, like this is the smallest I've ever seen Tom Hardy. What's Eddie Brock's body type like exactly? The Rock, really? Yes. From the beginning? Y- yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The dude works out to relieve stress. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you can work out and not necessarily be no, no, no. Dwayne Johnson. He pumps iron. Okay. He doesn't. I do, know he's a. I know he's yeah. a fit as hell guy. I get no, that. He is. He's like three times the size of Spider Man. Okay. He is okay. just massive. He's a massive dude. Well, because it's like if you were to ask most people, and this is a character we know better, mm. Batman. Yeah. Most people wouldn't give you the accurate size of Batman. No. They, they wouldn't be able to tell you his actual height and weight and all that stuff. He's like six foot two, right? Well, so originally Batman was six foot two. Uh, 220, Which and is... and now by modern standards, that's very very fit. Yes, but it's not anything for it. Uh, it's not very intimidating. I guess not. I um, mean, it could be. And Superman was six four two twenty five. Yeah. Now, see, six four two twenty five is less intimidating than six two two twenty. Uh, in my opinion, because the six two two twenty. Is going to be a more massive character than a six. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it really makes no sense. So yeah. I think they they said they proportionally changed it to where, or at least fans did. I saw somewhere, and uh, Superman is now about six six, and that's Bat- so tall. And Batman's now about like six four. And I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I agree with, or maybe that. it was six five. Like that is so tall. It is pretty tall. Like. 
But it was because they, they were both I, over six four. When you look at how they're drawn and how they appear yeah. in the comics, mm-hmm. they just wouldn't be below six four. There's just no way. I they're guess. they're drawn too tall, and they're like out to here. Yeah. So that that is the they're side, wide. The, the wide size is why I was like two twenty. Like I could actually see that. Like, I mean, I see people who are like six one one eighty, mm-hmm. and like they're fit dudes, but. Swimmer's body. Yeah, but yeah. when you start getting up there in pounds, and that's when they start being massive. But it, I don't know. It just started to change. So I was just the reason why we're on this tangent is just because I, I know Eddie Brock is fit, but the same way the layman probably couldn't even tell you what you know Batman or Superman are at. I I don't really know what Eddie Brock's at, even though I've read. I would say I, I've read several Spider-Man I'll tone stories. It down, I'll tone it down and not say the Rock. He would be Ben Affleck Batman. Okay. That's how big he would be. Okay. This is not. This Tom Hardy is not that size. No, 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 no. Um, ben is huge as Batman. Yes. He's a monster. That is what, and that's that's what is so appealing about he his He has the body of the Jim Lee Batman. Yes. Which I freaking loved. Yeah. That's what I got, when I got so excited about Ben Affleck as Batman, I was like, well, he's big. Yeah. And it's just weird because in the comics, that's enhanced. So mm-hmm. this the symbiote, I'm gonna call it by what it's you called. Said it right. Uh, the symbiote. You said it is, right. It enhances the wearer's strength, and so <clears throat> even though Eddie Brock was already working out, once he found that out, he then used that to his advantage and started building muscle even more. Are we sure he won't grow throughout the picture? Uh, no. You 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 think that. I think what we saw s- is what we're gonna I get. I think he's going to see the same size. Also, it's Tom Hardy. That guy's bulked up to play Bane. I know that's what's weird. Like it's it's and it's as Bane me. as as Bane, he wasn't like just you know ripped. Oh no no no, he wasn't ripped. He was he was huge. He was mass. He, he was, was mass. massive. Yeah. Oh good lord. That's why I wanted. I was really excited. And then like in this trailer, he's super thin. Like, he may be fit. Like, he may be, like, just really, really fit. Mm-hmm. But he's tiny. And not only that, but his whole character of, like, oh, I didn't want to hurt you. Like That's not the character. It's just, like, who? Yeah. Are, who is this? No, like, I, 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 from the little that I do know, I do yeah. know Eddie Brock is not the, I don't want to hurt. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. It's, it's the get out of my face or mm-hmm. I'll get you out of my face. Mm-hmm. And that has always been Eddie Brock's character. And... It's, I don't know. Like, it's just, I see this trailer, and then the dialogue is terrible. His first line is, the people you work for are evil. And it's just, uh, it's like, uh, stop. And then the tagline, embrace your inner anti I was just going to say, can we just say that's one of the lamest yeah. slogans? Yeah. Not everyone has an inner anti-hero. I actually, We're all different. I actually don't. I don't really have an inner anti-hero say, either. Whenever I play video games, I always go the pure good guy. <laughs> I feel like I if, if my dad go. saw that, he'd be like, well, I don't have one of those. <laughs> Maybe uh, he does, actually. Yeah. The difference is that my dad is so, like, anti-bad guy yeah. that I think he just sees, oh, if they're against them, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no anti-hero. It's just hero. It, 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 yeah. You're either you, good you, or you have, you're bad. You have the villains, and the guys who are fighting the villains are good guys. They're good guys. <laughs> no matter what. Until they don't, and then they're bad guys. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so moving on to our main topic, which I think that was great. Yeah, good topic. Yeah, end of news. Do 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 do. We should get like the. Uh... Was that your like? Uh, was that your eleven o'clock news? Yeah, sound? yeah, yeah. You got it. it like ba da ba ba da Yeah, yeah. Just like that's we need that. Just every, like tonight's story. This yeah. and more at eleven. <laughs> Origins adaptations. Uh. Coming up next, where to find the cheesiest pizza in town? Stay tuned. It's Domino's. It's not Domino's. Gross. It's uh, Little Caesars. Well, no. They managed to they, put more just, cheese they, on the pizza with the most cheese. They just put cheese <laughs> yeah. on cardboard and serve it to you. <laughs> uh, hey, it's affordable cardboard, okay? It is very af- Actually, it's pretty expensive cardboard. Hot and ready cardboard. They have, they have deals, don't they? Isn't there some kind of like deal where you can get a bunch of stuff? For like five bucks? You know how cheap cardboard is? I thought that... W- w- I think you're missing my point. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I wasn't calling all pizza cardboard. I was calling their pizza cardboard. I was too. It's oh. good in a pinch though. No, you misunderstood me like twice. No. No, no, what I'm saying is Little Caesars, yeah, the pizza is cheap, but can't you also get it for cheap? Is it really? Five bucks. It's better than a lot of other places. And for it's cardboard? hot and ready. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to keep messing with you. You don't have to uh, wait for it. Hot and I'm not saying I like Little Caesars. As soon as I, I, I find myself doing this a lot where it sounds like I'm defending things when in actuality I don't like them, I'm just trying to say that it is still it's the cheapest if, pizza. It's fine if you like Little Caesars. And now Andrew's <laughs> trying to make it sound like I like it. I do, uh, like, I do enjoy some Domino's every now and again. If I'm hating myself that day, I will order up a Little Caesars. If you're hating yourself. Yeah. I had round table the other week for the first time in a long time. It is it holds up? It's so delicious, bro. Yeah. Little, little Caesars is great. I once went with a girl, got an entire Little Caesars pizza, uh-huh. sat in the car and ate it. One of the best uh-huh. dates of my life. Are really? You, are you still with her? No. Mm. Mm. Okay. It didn't just, pan out. I just wanted to leave that there. <laughs> and, now, and, now Andrew, and now Andrew is trying to imply that's the reason why Chris's date didn't end. With, yeah. Right. So. Ah, Dang, was, Andrew! This episode is mine. I I control it. That's what that's what you keep telling yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Oh, just kidding. Uh, well, moving on to our topic. Um, so this is a cool one. You know what? Speaking of dates, <laughs> I interrupt. Speaking you. of dates, and great dates, we're going to give you. We're going to give you our top five each favorite couples. Superhero romances, folks. Oh, I wasn't. Uh, superheroes are included, but all comics. I would assume that most of the ones you and I picked are superheroes. I'm just saying. I'm going to look at my list. <laughs> uh, most of them are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll do... I have mine ranked. Do you have yours ranked? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you do your number five. And I'll, I, Do you think we'll... You want me to think, go first? Do I don't think, think we'll, ours are going to be very similar, no. Do you think we'll have people on the same same list? I think there's one that's one. There's going to be one. I think there's going to be one couple that's going to be on there. Can you, I give you guys my number one since I only have one? You have one? Yeah, Chris, you go first. Larry the Cucumber and Barbara Manatee. Are they comics? Yes. There's a comic from VeggieTales. From VeggieTales, Veggie bro. Oh. Barbara Manatee. I've seen Manatee, those. But... Manatee. You're the one for me. See, I didn't spend a ton of time with VeggieTales. <laughs> Uh, Barbara Manji is a great one. I'm you so know, there were some things that happened when so I was coming of age, if you want to say. 
mm-hmm. um, that I didn't pay attention to. A couple things. I never paid attention to things like uh, Spy Kids. I was I was Same. I was a little too old for that when it came out. I watched the first one a lot. And things like Veggie Tales. I was like I just didn't care by that point. Yeah, you were older. I, well, a little bit, but I I had friends who were my age who were. But I was more like, oh, I have, that's a skateboard over there. I'm gonna hop on one. Yeah, I I mean <laughs> we watched Veggie Tales, but I also watched X Men, Spider Man, Batman. Pretty much, if you put it on the screen, I watched it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what your parents did with you. Yeah, they're like, here's this. Actually, they'd be like, Andrew, go outside. I'm like, yeah. But I have this TV in my room that's black and white and can only get one channel, and I'm going to watch that one channel. <laughs> so this is a cool topic, and I'm really interested to is see. Is that really your number one, Chris? I'm guessing he was being funny. Did Chris check out? What? Did Chris is is that your number one? Of course. Okay. I just wanted to leave that there. So. Larry, do you want to do Larry Boy and Barbara Manatee or just Larry and Barbara Manatee? I'm more of the, you know... The classic the Larry? The classic Larry. Okay. I'm just going to keep talking so that way Cody can't say this. <laughs> no, go Cody. No, I was just going to say that I'm curious to see how similar and or different our lists are as well. One is going to... I think there's one on here that you are going to have that I do have, yes. I'd actually be surprised if this wasn't... Or some variation. One... Ooh. There's going ooh, to be a ooh, character. Ooh. No, there's going to be there's a character, be a character okay. that we both have. It might be a different relationship with okay. someone else. Yeah. But there's going to be a character. And if it's not, I'd be like, Andrew, what kind of fan of this guy are you? <laughs> Anyways, um, so you, you want me to go first? You're number five. My number five, Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy. Okay, so there is a character. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna go, do you want to trade off? And it's Gwen Stacy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to go uh, every other, or do you want to go? We'll do our every, list. We'll okay. do every other. Cool. Other. And then we'll we'll do our number one based off of the the common the common ones. Okay. Uh, Balder and the Norn Queen from Thor. Oh. I so I've been reading Walter Simonson's Thor run recently, and that relationship is surprisingly really cool and really deep. The Norn Queen is like a tyrannical reign. And she just was, she's enthralled by Balder. And to the point where she, like, gives him an ultimatum of, like, being with her forever or letting Asgard die. You know, kind of love stuff that's classic. And so he he accepts, so that way she helps Asgard uh, fight Surtur. And um, as he's there... Uh, like there's moments where birds start appearing, like just normal birds, and she's like, "I haven't seen birds here, like, ever," and it's just like his presence and his positive energy is like rechanging the land, and it's like changing her too. Like where she would have killed things, she doesn't kill them anymore. Like she spares them, uh, and it's it's been really cool just reading their relationship and everything, and. He even talks about how uh, for for a kingdom to run, the servants have to serve the queen, but the queen also has to serve the servants. And it's a really cool line, and it gets to the end, <clears throat> and he has to go off and become the king of Asgard, and she doesn't want to let him go, but then 
her last line is his line back to him, and she's like, and you are one of mine. And she's like, so I need to do this for you. I need to let you go. And it's a really cool, really cool, like, relationship. So, yeah, cool. number five. I think my reason for picking Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy was solely Spider-Man Blue. It's a good one. It's such a beautiful story, and when you really... When you really understand Peter's relationship with Gwen, you kind of understand why he is the way he is the rest yeah. of his time as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four, uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey. Okay. I grew up with that as mm-hmm. a little kid with the X-Men cartoons, yeah. and of course it's in all the classic Claremont runs. Not much needs to be said about that relationship. I just I just, I just, liked it, and I don't like when they make it Wolverine and Jean Grey. It's so weird. It works best when Wolverine is the odd man out, and he's yeah. kind of disappointed. Yeah. You leave it be. Oh my gosh, there is a... Because Wolverine's true love is, why am I forgetting your name, the Japanese girl. From the uh, original Frank Miller run. For some reason, I just wanted to say Himiko, but it's not Himiko. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm terrible. Yeah, you can you you can't remember her name, huh? I can't. Oh man, I'm gonna kick myself about this. We'll do it in corrections at the next episode. Yes, yes. Uh, there's a really brutal moment in Joss Whedon's uh, Astonishing X-Men. Where, um, I think it was. It's after the Geonosia stuff, where it's like the the genocide, where the Sentinel came and killed pretty much all the mutants. Yeah, do you remember that? Oh, it's like Vague, it's like early two thousand stuff. Vaguely. Um, yeah. So after that, uh, Professor X left, and Scott essentially became the headmaster of the school, and that's when all the the. That's when all the X-Men become teachers. Like, Kitty comes back, Wolverine comes back, and they all become teachers instead of, instead of the students. And uh, this is way after Jean. Jean's been dead, and Scott and Emma Frost are together. And, uh, like, they're in bed together, and, like, it's morning, and Wolverine's on the foot of their bed, and he goes, so I see this is how you grieve. What? Yeah, and Scott just, like eviscerates, like, just blows him out the window. <laughs> and he's just like, how dare you? What? And he's like, the man who is constantly trying to take Jean Grey away from me. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was a brutal moment. I don't, I don't know. I don't like that, really. Yeah. Do you like that? It, it fit in the context. Like, Wolverine <laughs> was mad. He was mad of how Jean Grey's memory was being treated. But... Also, because he doesn't like Emma Frost. No one likes Emma Frost, except no. for Scott. And even at the end of this trade that I read, he didn't like Emma Frost because she's being controlled by the Hellfire Hellfire Club still. Uh, so my number four is Tony Chu and Amelia Mintz. And this these characters are from the Chu comic, and their relationship works so much. For those who do not know, Chu is the comic that I've talked about a couple of times about the guy who can eat things and he remembers everything except for beets and in this story he meets a a woman who can she has a power to whatever she writes you can taste and so he still eats his beets for nourishment but then she'll write like foods and stuff and then he reads it and he can experience the foods he he usually doesn't because if he eats it, he experiences the whole lifespan in it of it, and it's a terrible experience. Uh, and I just love their relationship that 
there is a dependability of him with her in that she can really, really give her stories and she can write things and she sees the appreciativeness of him that he's able to take it all in. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty dope. And number three? My number three, uh, gosh. Now, this is the one that I feel like most people would probably expect would be my number one, but this is uh, my number three in- uh, Batman and Catwoman? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Batman and Catwoman. Um, the, oh, man, very similar to my other two. It doesn't need much explanation. Mm-hmm. I, I'm purely- I feel like you're definitely going for substance in the writing. I'm talking, these are just classic longtime favorites. Mm-hmm. I feel like we use different criteria to sort out our list, which is fine. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is not based off of, you know, I was so moved in certain moments. This is just, you know, the, it's like, you know, the summary of their entire, you know. Existence together. Their entire existence together as characters, mm-hmm. Catwoman and Batman are inseparable. It's just you know, even even if they separate for a while, they just come back. So it just it they bounce back, and I think it's the fact that the two characters have such natural chemistry mm-hmm. because Batman, you know, he he has his defined right and wrong. Yeah, but Catwoman kind of grade that area for him in, in moments. Yeah, and I was always kind of intrigued by the fact that Batman was always willing to bend a little bit for Catwoman for Catwoman and a little more than say Superman would yes because Superman is so black and white Mm. he's a boy scout he is and Batman is black Batman's black and white too when you really look at it but he's willing to bend just that little extra and I think that really started he doesn't compromise himself but he will compromise who he judges yeah yeah yeah. So, uh, and I think I'm primarily focusing on the animated series relationship. Okay. I really liked the way they did it. It was done classy. Um, and the voice actors meshed well. Kevin Con- I always forget the name of the actress who played uh, Catwoman on that show, but Kevin Conroy and, and her just had this, like, chemistry. Yeah. And I remember even as a little kid being really annoyed with how the Batman-Catwoman relationship looked in the movie, Batman Returns, after getting so into the animated series. Because it just wasn't... It's not the same. No. 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 Yours. Um, Mine is Reed and Susan Richards, uh, who are Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman. First of all, I feel like they are the oldest relationship in comics yeah probably they were the i mean there's a reason that the fantastic four is like the family of marvel well in in, in contrast uh batman and catwoman weren't in a relationship or never never even had feelings for in the early stages of batman no they were enemies and that was that and they've been together i mean their their marriage was the first crossover event in marvel uh, yeah, uh, that's true. It that's was true. huge. It was the biggest like wedding in comics ever. Uh, I think Marvel had a Marvel did have another big wedding. I of think course. Deadpool uh, changed it. Deadpool's marriage was bigger. But what marriage are you talking about? Uh, Spider Man. That wasn't a big wedding though. 
Like, no, I was not in the context of like the Marvel. I'm, I'm talking about the the scope of the Marvel universe. Like, it was an event. Uh, not as big as theirs, though. Really? Yeah, it was actually pretty low key. The marriage I, of Mary Jane and Spider Man. I f- I feel like that's one of the most celebrated moments. Is mm-hmm. is uh, Peter and and it, it actually Mary was, Jane? It wasn't even in his comic. <laughs> Maybe not celebrated, but talked about. In so like in in comic readership, most likely. Uh, but in the in the universe itself, it, first of all, no one knew who Spider Man was. So his marriage wasn't a big deal. It was just Peter Parker and Mary Jane. I mean to the reader. Oh. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I was to talking the reader. I was talking about their their marriage was big in the sense of like Oh yeah, of course no one knows because no one knows who Peter Parker yeah, is. Yeah. Uh with with Reed and Susan Storm uh, Storm. Uh Reed and Susan Richards though, uh like everyone knows who the Fantastic Four are. Like they know their aliases and stuff, mm-hmm. and so everyone showed up. Okay, I see. What, um, I see what you're saying. It was it, it was a huge. Yeah, huge I didn't mean that their marriage was an event. I mean people talk a lot about mm-hmm. the Peter Parker, Mary Jane. Yeah, marriage. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, that definitely is a big deal. And as I'm reading Hickman's, uh, Hickman's run on it, it's really really cool. Like. There is a moment where he goes to the multiverse, and in this multiverse, he finds every single other Reed Richards there's ever been uh, in all the different universes. <clears throat> and they all come together and they are trying to solve everything. Essentially, they're trying to solve the problems of everything. It calls, causes a whole scene, and he leaves, and he, they have one rule, which is you have to give up everything. Like, you have to dedicate your life to this. And they've all done it. And he he's like, what does that mean? He's like, does that mean giving up my family? And, like, he goes and he sees Su- Susan. And, like, in that moment with just talking to her, he's like, no, I'm not giving this up. Mm. And it's it's a really powerful moment of how he truly feels for his family. He loves his family. Uh, and then it's even brought back even more in Secret Wars where at the very end of the pro- the first issue where everything is happening, there's a chaos where everything's getting destroyed and disappearing, and they're on the Ark, which is safe from everything, <clears throat> and the Ark actually breaks in half, and Susan's on the other half, and Reed is doing everything he can to get her, and like before he can grab the ship, she disappears, and just like the, the immense sense of loss in Reed's face... Is just powerful. Like mm-hmm. it's incredible. Just seeing their relationship, of they've gone through so much together. They've gone through a lot of tribulation. Reed's not the best looking dude, uh, but she Reed. He's not he's, bad. No, but like freaking Namor has been trying to get Susan. Oh yeah. Like yeah. it's like Namor's like one of the most like good looking dudes in the Marvel universe. That's true. Uh, he and the he's a he's. The dude's like a whore. He sleeps with, <laughs> he sleeps with anything. Uh, it's like part thing. Of, yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like he'll just sleep with. Is yeah. he kind of like the Captain Kirk? Yes. <laughs> uh, even more sexual than him, but wow. yes. Uh, no, and his one like goal is to get Susan, um, and he tries multiple times. And there's like been moments where you can see Susan's like, just your presence. 
draws me in. Mm-hmm. But she's she loves Reed so much. Like that that would never be a thing. Mm. Uh and it's just cool seeing the relationships that like I if you have if I would have given this list maybe three, four years ago, they probably won't be on here, but as much as like I've just div- dived back and just re- read about the Fantastic Four. Yeah, you devoured that. Um I really like the dynamic of the four, and I really like uh, Reed and Susan. There's a reason why it's one of the most successful comic book yeah. teams ever. Yeah, like in the in the '60s and '70s, they they, they were, were the they were the thing. kings. That's why they were sold off. Yeah, that's why Marvel sold them off is because like they were they were probably one of their biggest properties along with X Men and Spider Man. I think it's the dynamics and not only powers but personalities. Yeah. Just everything. Just the difference in personalities, yeah. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people want to say the things of Poor Man's Hope, but Ben Grimm's a different character. Oh, Ben, ben, ben Grimm, Grimm is, is a great character. Such a good character. Such a good character. Yep. The only, and the fact the only that his girlfriend know, is blind. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I know about the Fantastic Four, all the, all the things that I know about them are from research. Mm-hmm. I've never cracked a Fantastic Four comic book. Really? Ever. I would, ever. I would suggest if you can... If you can give it the fact that it starts kind of way later in the series, I would suggest Hick- Hickman's run. Okay. What year did that start again? Like 2010, 2011. Okay. Yeah. Well. Your number two. My turn? Okay, so choosing between my number one and number two was kind of hard because of the fact that two very different reasons for picking them. Okay. Um. So... Number two, my number two pick is uh, Claudio and Ambelina from Amory Wars. Wars. Um, <clears throat> now, here's the thing. The romantic relationship isn't actually between them in the literal sense because she is a prize. They can't actually experience love. Okay. But she's his encourager. Mm-hmm. Through all these dark times, like the whole story is dark for this character. Yeah, and the entire time she encourages, she loves without loving, mm-hmm. and supports without knowing that she's doing. She doesn't really under she. Her mission is to help Claudio, mm-hmm. and inadvertently she loves him and cherishes him and does all these amazing things with and for him, mm-hmm. and um. There is this incredible line in not the current run, which I haven't finished, um, but the old uh, graphic novel they kind of redid because they thought it was incomplete mm-hmm. for uh, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, where Ambelina says, I know not of love, it is not in my make, but if I could have, I would have loved you. Okay. And it's it always really, really hit me hard. Yeah. And what sucks is... Uh, it's in a time in the story where the fiction and the real are starting to merge. Okay. They start to realize they have this God who is this writer. Yeah. Um, and they're like, this is, this is the God that we're, that's you know, being spoken of in the scriptures is, mm-hmm. is anyway, it gets really meta, really, really out there. Almost borderline like Stephen King, dark tower esque mm-hmm. where you have two worlds bleeding into each other. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, what sucks is his actual relationship is just to- like his actual romantic relationship 
the writers is total crap. Like she's just a terrible, terrible person. Oh really? Yeah. And so he created this character as a piece of fiction that could reflect what he wants in someone. Okay. And it's just like that, that desperate quality where it's like, this is who, like, this is the kind of thing that I want in my life. I want, I want someone who is, you know, compassionate and, Support, hmm. supportive and encouraging and yeah. all all these things that she could never be. And Weird. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my number two. Nice. Yep. Uh, my number two <clears throat> might surprise you. It's Dick Grayson and Starfire. I have now abandoned the uh, Dick Babs uh, which is um, Nightwing and Batgirl. I have I have abandoned that ship, and I am now really. I am now a part of the best name in the world, which is Dick Fire, and <laughs> uh, I. It I is a full, better name. I am full on. I am full on it. Uh, especially after reading the Teen Titans run that I'm reading, just their relationship, uh, seeing it grow. Um, is just really powerful. It's really interesting. And then seeing their relationship in, uh, there was a Nightwing miniseries called Nightwing New Order in which Nightwing pretty much depowered all the superheroes and they had a son together and just seeing their relationship and who they were mm-hmm. uh, before all this happened is just really cool. And seeing that Starfire really cares for him uh as well as he for her. And it does kind of hurt now that I'm here because I know that it's probably never coming back. Uh, well, but because I think they're really, they're going for the the Batgirl and him. And here's the thing, Batgirl and him haven't ever had a relationship. Like they've had a, I think they had a fling once, but they've never had like a full on we are together relationship where Starfire and him did. Yeah. yeah. Our generation with the word relationship and the word dating and all, all those words. Yeah. Um, a relationship can also be used as just a generic term to use to refer to the, co- you know, the connection between oh, yeah. any but two people. We're talking people. about a couple relationship here. Well, here's the thing though is Babs and, and Dick have always had that extra something, that extra liking. Yes, they have that attraction to each other. They are... Yeah, I, I think that's never... why they get linked. But I understand that. I they mean, almost I was, made I was, my list. I, I replaced was there. them. I, was, I replaced them. I was there the entire time. Yeah. Like I said, I've been that. I've been on that ship pretty much my entire Nightwing life. I see what you're saying. Um, you're saying this, is, this other relationship with Starfire is a legitimate thing. It's a legitimate thing, and I actually see uh, a connection between them that is very powerful, uh, that she respects him, because on her planet, you could kill. Like, you just killed to survive, mm-hmm. and he is constantly, like, telling her, no, like, you do not kill. Uh, like, you have, to, you have to pull back your power uh, so that way you don't kill them, and like you have to show some restraint. Yeah, and she's respecting and his have wishes. and have some mercy. Also, the first interaction is her kissing him between the two of them because her her race is touch. They learn by touch, 
And so by kissing him, she actually learned the like English language through that. Yep. That's weird. <laughs> that's really bizarre. Yeah. Cool though. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Interesting in a good way. Yes. And so that's how they. That's not how on they that. Feel. Not on that scoffing where that scoffing way where I'm like, hmm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh yeah, so I am I am now aboard this ship. I might sail that ship. That ship may sail, and I may jump back on the dick babs if needed. Uh, you just wanted to say dick fire. I did. <laughs> it's the best name. Uh, but I am currently on this ship. It's so my number two. Now my number one. Uh, <clears throat> is that where we? Is that where we are? Yeah. Okay. Can I try to guess? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think I'll get it? I think you will. <sighs> is it Superman and Lois Lane? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is only because it's Superman and Lois Lane. And I, I did say Reed Richards and Susan might be the oldest. They're not. Lois Lane and Superman are the You're oldest. right. They're the oldest, like 1940s cartoons. And here's the thing. There are so many moments in some of the best Superman trades where you see how much, gosh, he freaking loves her, yeah. and she freaking loves the crap out of him. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen two people in fiction adore each other the way those two do, and mm. that's why they're my number one. Yeah. And Lois Lane is also just an awesome, like, character. character. Yeah. Like, they really, they really worked her well through the decades mm -hmm. they kept adapting her and modernizing her and they got her to a certain point where she was just this really awesome strong character and i feel like she's been that way for a long time now yeah probably for about three decades four de four decades i'm trying i'm trying to think for when they time. when they really made her strong and not just the damsel because yeah. she was just the damsel for the longest time yeah yeah but uh no i just I think that their their love gives me hope, mm -hmm. and it's fiction. But yeah, there's something about this though. Like you say, it's fiction. It's it's really weird seeing that. I don't know, like seeing characters who are drawn to each other, and with very well written dialogue. Seeing what an interaction. I think it's the things like, maybe it's just the loneliness of, you know, being single. But it's just, like, something you yearn for. Mm-hmm. And I think that appeals to many nerds. Yeah. In a way. Um, I think that's my number one because Clark and Lois have the real stuff. Yeah. As we refer to it. The real stuff. The real stuff. <laughs> uh, I... And, you know, something more than just shared trauma, which yeah. is also helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my According to Brett Gelman's yeah. character in Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mine, I mean, you can guess what mine is. My number one. Spider-Man and Mary Jane. Oh, it is. Right there. Uh, yes, very much so. As much as I appreciate Gwen Stacy, and she is an important character to Spider-Man, um, Mary Jane has been through a lot uh, with... Spider-Man, like, they had a kid together, and that kid was stolen from them. Like, be like she never even got to hold it, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, it was birthed and then stolen. She went through, like, his whole clone saga, 
of not knowing who was the real Peter, and only she kind of really knew who he was because um, she knew just from how he acted which one was the real one. Uh, she really never gave up on him ever, even through Civil War, where uh, they released their identities and she had to give up her life to live in the Avengers Mansion um, or Avengers Tower and pretty much not have a life anymore because people would hunt her down, which is why Peter's never given his secret identity out. She was the first one to find out who he was, like th his first girlfriend to find out that he was Spider-Man. Um, and she found it out on her own. Like he didn't tell her. She told him that she knew. Uh, funny enough is he proposed to her like three times and she said no twice and then realized that after like just after a while realized like she like he is the one that she wanted in her life and they've been through like being poor together like living off of peter's just photography money which is not much at all yeah uh not knowing if he's ever going to come home because he's not the strongest mm -hmm. um and there's many times where he'd come home just wounded and sick and, and stuff like that uh all the way up to the freaking worst day in comic history, which is one more day. Uh, and it is when Aunt May dies and the freaking writer who hated Spider-Man, he didn't want Spider-Man to be happy because he thought that a married Spider-Man limited the stories, which I think is bogus. Yeah, that was lame. When, uh, when you told me that, I was yeah. like, that's dumb. Makes and so no then sense. he eroded in that Mary Jane and him came to the decision that the uh, Mephisto said that the only way for Aunt May to come back to life, and she's 94, like she doesn't need to come back. She has lived a quite a long life. Uh, only way for her to come back is if their marriage never happened. And so they both agreed to it that Aunt May was worth it. Uh, so stupid. Uh, and so now that marriage is gone and they do this whole like flirty thing where they like are still friends and they interact with each other. And it's like, it's right there. It's right there. That's you just still... the stupidest thing. So death by old age is the most natural thing I don't in think life. she died by old age. She like but died, I'm, but yeah. But I mean, I should say death at old age. Yes. Is the most natural thing. Yeah. It's just, it's bound to happen. Yeah. And that's so lame that they can't, I don't know. So it's it's so it's so lame to assume that a character can't be interesting mm -hmm. if you make him if you put him in a happy relationship. Yeah. yeah, it's really annoying because now they have a series called Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, which I really enjoy, which is the it's a it's a multiverse story. It's a what if, what if that never happened? And so him and Mary Jane are married and they have a girl together and it's like their family dynamic and them living together. And it's really cool. It's really interesting. And I, I really dig it. Um, seeing how she looks to, to Peter for the strength as the father, but also how he depends on her uh, is really a cool dynamic of seeing them together. So, yeah. Sweet. My number one. Well. That's a good one. Thank you for listening to our top five. Yeah. Uh I would say Spider-Man would probably be the, our only common, just yeah. the character Spider-Man. Was, was there the no one. other one? Oh, we, we, oh nope, because I took uh, Dick off there. Yeah. I did have Dick Grayson on there. Okay. Um, and then I just realized I 
truly don't care enough about his relationship with Barbara to to put it in my top five. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not saying I don't care about it at all. Of yeah. course I care about it. I actually, you want that to exist yeah. in Batman, in the Batman universe. It's mm. got to be there. On some level, their history, well, yeah. it remains intact. Yeah. But uh, I thought Claudio and Ambelina's relationship, it was too pertinent to me as a fanboy mm. to leave that out. And an honorable mention for me was Black Canary and Green Arrow. Yeah, yeah. actually, that was going to be my number six. So if, yeah. if you want to count that, we had that one in common then. Okay. Yeah. As well. uh, and speaking of which, I, I want to announce, not I want to make a big deal out of it, but I do want to make a small announcement. I mean, it's our next segment, so. Are, are we, are we, are we going to do that anyways? Yeah. Okay. You said thank you, so I thought we were bringing the show to a close. No, just, we have just rec- saying. We have favorite recent reads, everyone. Okay. Right, everyone. Cool. <laughs> All right. It's been a while, but we have them. Nice segue, Cody. Yes. Anyways. Um, you go first. Okay. You, you've segued. It's all yours. <laughs> Everything, I give it to you. So I just finished my thick, 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 thick trade of Green Lantern, Green Arrow from the 1970s done by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. It is some of the best artwork that I've ever seen and some really amazing themes by Dennis O'Neill, but there are some moments... With the dialogue yeah. that I don't understand <laughs> why anyone put that to paper. So I, I just finished line. this this book today, guys. I, oh, I will. Yeah. Um, I haven't read this in two years, yeah. really. It's I've put it down for so long. I think going back to it now, I, I, I know why. Um, I will say preface uh, by saying it's not as good as the Danny O'Neill, Neil Adams uh, Batman. Okay. It is not as good. Um, but there are themes in it that are mm-hmm. awesome, and the artwork is just, it's, it's, it's worth it. It's so good. His faces and the colors and everything, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just, it's spectacular. But anyways, there is a line in it where Green Arrow mm-hmm. is thinking, yeah. and he said, uh, my shaft penetrated his torso. Did he say torso? Or, or, no, or, no, no, my sh- <laughs> I I, I, told, I I told Andrew this line, yeah. so he probably remembers it better I, than I do. I couldn't forget the sound my shaft made when it made contact with his body. Yeah, I couldn't forget the sound my shaft made when it made contact with his body. That's it. Why? Uh, this is so bad. It it is really bad writing. <laughs> You know what's weird is uh, Dennis O'Neill went on to write Batman Venom, which is one of the most serious Batman comics yeah. ever. I think he was just having fun. Yeah. So you said it was near the end, right? So yeah, just to give a little bit of context, the last few uh, contacts context, mm-hmm. the last few Green Lantern Green Arrow issues were made after they already found out they knew. They, was were, being they were being canceled. Yeah. I think they kind of just went into full-blown degaff mode and were like, mm-hmm. we're just going to do whatever we want. Anyways, long story short, it had one of the most underwhelming endings yeah. ever. Green Arrow accidentally kills a guy and out of the blue swears off the costume, swears off you know, you know, ever being a superhero again. Somehow he learns his lesson by going... He crashes his plane into some <laughs> mountain, and then he <laughs> he uh, befriends this guy who's in a monastery. It's the only place in civilization for you know several thousand miles. I don't know. In these stories, there's just there's so 
many uninhabited places in the United yeah. States. I don't understand how that works. Yeah. I mean, I get that this is 40, 50 years ago, but still, they act like there's no civilization anywhere. <laughs> like, just because you're in the country, that there's yeah, no one there. There's no one there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so then somehow he finds his purpose, and I don't want to bore you guys with the details because it's not that exciting. And at the end, he and Black Canary are in the hospital side by side because she had gotten injured earlier. Uh, and Green Lantern is like, "Huh, well, I'm glad I saved you guys." Basically, like that's all. <laughs> there's just there's just nothing that exciting. Like that's basically what the conversation that's was. Awesome. He, he's like, "Thank you, Green Lantern. Yeah, I'm happy to help." That was the ending. Speaking of Green Lantern, I don't know. Oh, if oh, 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 and Ollie shaves his head because he becomes a monk in the monastery. Oh, that's weird. Oh, and the guy gives him a parting gift, and and they make they make his exit of the monastery into this big drawn out thing. He met him two pages earlier. <laughs> it's the most rushed, haphazard, that's, crap ending. That's hilarious. It just sucks because the first half of that thing of of the uh, Green Lantern Green Arrow rules. Mm-hmm. The first half is excellent. Yeah. Actually, longer than that, because the uh, the junkie stuff is is yeah. in the latter right half, here. and that's great. Um, yeah, but so I think calling it favorite recent read might be a little bit of an exaggeration. It's, it's your only recent read. It's my it's my read. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't include the last two hundred and ten pages of Salem's Lot, but no, I don't count books. Yeah, it's a comic. No- books. That's a novel. A novel. Uh, for me, oh, one thing I want to say about Green Lantern: there's this hilarious panel where it has Hal Jordan running out the door and someone's holding up a picture of Green Lantern and he goes, hey are you Green Lantern? And he goes, nope. <laughs> That's it. So like, okay. That's comics were so weird. Yeah. I think they did things because they were trolling. Yeah. I think they were clowning on people. Yeah. So uh, I have some honorable mentions for my favorite recent read because I read a lot. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man Volume 2 by Matt Fraction was pretty good. Uh, New Teen Titans Volume 2, Jughead Volume 2, Just Seeing the Pussycats Volume 2, Thor Volume 3, really good read. And this well, one- who, Who's Thor? Who, who, who's- uh, Walter Simonson. Okay. You like uh, it? Yeah, I really like it. And then Birthright Volume Six. Those were all honorable I mentions. I gotta get my hands all on that. All really good reads. Am I gonna? Am I gonna love? Oh, it's so good. That one. It's really good. Um, well, five was maybe my favorite. Five, four, I, four, and five. Were I would great. still say those probably are still my favorite, but six is really good. The thing with Birthright is the second one. The the first one's amazing. I remember the second one. You were worried. The second one's like, oh, what's yeah. going on? And then four, it's like, oh, and yeah. five, you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, but my favorite recent read out of all of those, I read those all last week, uh, is Swamp Thing Book Two, which is the next um, iteration of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, and it's it's so good. Like his writing, his dialogue. I mean, I read. I think I read half this trade in about 20 minutes last night just because, like, I couldn't put it down. Really? Like, I just, and then I realized, like, I have to go to bed. Like, I can't just sit here. I was hoping to read, like, 10 pages and then read the rest today. And you just got through and half just, of it? I got through half of it. I was like, this is just so good. Um, it's really dark stuff. Like, really dark stuff. You meet Spectre. You meet The Stranger. You meet Dead Man. You meet, you oh, meet cool. a ton of characters. At the end of it. Oh, Dead Man's in it? 
Yeah. So when Dead Man and then I think also Swamp Thing were together in Brightest Day, that yeah. had to have been a callback. Probably. I know that. Uh, Unless those two those, those are, are always kind of connected. vertigo. Those are all kind of like vertigo characters, okay. and they they interact quite a bit. I would say gotcha. they essentially later on create the Justice League Dark care team, which is all of the monster kind of stories, and it actually ends with a crossover with um, Sandman, which I think is really cool. Uh, Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which is. Uh, they have Cain and Abel, and Cain and Abel are in the. They're introduced in that series, and it's just a really cool. Like I recognize them immediately. I was like, "Oh, that's so awesome!" <laughs> like these characters are here, and then it talks about, um, like it talked about who Spectre is, and uh, they they go into essentially what is hell uh, to retrieve a. A woman who was put there, an innocent woman who was put there unjustly, uh, by her uncle, the who is just like this arcane master, uh, who hated her because he hated Swamp Thing and she loves Swamp Thing. It ends really weird. It ends really weird where she admits his her love for Swamp Thing, and like they kiss, and I was like, okay, that's fine, I guess. And she's like, it tastes like lime. I was like, this is weird. This is the uh, Alan Moore, like, pervy stuff. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you need more. <laughs> he said that? <laughs> he's like, you need more than just a a, a taste of lime. Tastes like lime? <laughs> well, yeah. She said that. That, she said, that she alone said is kind like, of a, a funky, a funky yeah, she's like, bit of dialogue. She's like, it tastes like lime, not as sharp. And I was like, okay, weird. this is weird. And he's like, you need more than just a taste of you lime. You need more. <laughs> than a taste of lime. <laughs> And she goes, do you mean sex? She said that? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, like, she's like, you know what? Is that even legal? <laughs> like she says Oh, that. my gosh. Uh, and so pretty much he goes and he, like, gives her this fruit that she eats and, like, they experience being one. It's weird. It's trippy. It's Alan Moore. Uh, they did the same thing with Promethea in Volume 2. Uh, gotcha. And... Like at the end of his, like they. I just can't get over it. Tastes like lime. It tastes like lime. Like you I need more. You need more. You need more than it tastes. Do lime. you mean sex? You, yeah, it was. I was like, it's literally the last like. That's like issue. It, it's just funny that she said, "Do you mean sex?" Yeah. That reminds me. Humor me. I'm gonna quote yeah. fr- friends. There's a moment where Joey says she was too much for me in bed, <laughs> sexually. Sexually. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, no, but. There's actually a really cool part where he, there's these alien creatures that land, like small little alien creatures, and they land in Swamp Thing's area, and they find Swamp Thing, and they they talk in their own slang. Like, they have their own way of talking, which I felt pretty proud of myself because I followed the story, even though it's nonsensical. Mm-hmm. I do think well, someone- Well, it's buried under jargon. Yes, and I would say that the a uh, a person who is just casually reading and isn't a reader at all uh, would be very confused <laughs> as what they were saying. Uh, but it's this cool thing that Swamp Thing talks, but you don't see what he says because to them it's an alien language, and so it's all like jumbled. Uh, and it was just a fun little story. It, like these these two stories pretty much happened 
after the main story, which was this girl dying in Swamp Thing pretty much going to hell to save her uh, because she was she was thrown there by a demon. Hmm. Um, cool to stuff. Get, to get that sounds conceptually intriguing. Yeah. Pretty, it's cool. really dark. Really dark. But Is it really gory? Cool. Not gory. Just gross. Mm. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's, there's not much blood. I don't think there's, like, any blood. But just, like, creepy, creepy stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. That's my favorite recent read. Cool. I really do want to read that. It's really good. You I feel like I just need to read more Alan Moore. He's a great writer. As yeah. weird as he can get, he's just, he's so just a great writer. And I would say the difference between Promethe- Prometheo, which is Alan Moore, and this is, it's not, like, the dialogue is easy to read. Like, it's not as wordy. Like, gotcha. Promethea, after a while, it's just like, I was just flipping. Like, I was like, come on. And, like, I understood everything. It was just like, you wrote way too much. Like, pretty much by the end of, like, the second book, like, he's just you writing. Know you know what's funny? His uh, his dialogue in Killing Joke is very sparse. Yes. There's not, it's, it's a, yeah. it's, it's not a wordy book. No. So he can. Clearly, he just sometimes doesn't like to. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Origins Adaptations. Thanks, everyone. Uh, we had a blast. I I love our top five lists. I do, too. We we'll do keep, more. We need to keep doing more. We'll do more. And, oh, also, let us know. Anyone message us if there's something in particular you'd like to see as far as yeah. like lists go and let us know what you thought of our picks maybe you thought ours were lame. let us know what your picks are yeah absolutely well see ya thanks everyone